Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. Come on, if you love Jesus all across this room, can we make a little bit of noise for King Jesus in this place? Come on, y'all can do better now talking to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Come on, is anybody thankful for Jesus? Anybody thankful for redemption? Anybody thankful for salvation? Come on, you got five more seconds of some praise in this room right now. Yeah, I love that, I love that. Well, while you're standing, we're in the middle of a series called Excuse Me. Tap your neighbor, say, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. And... Uh, We've been looking at a passage of Scripture over the last few weeks that uh, we've, we've kind of talked through and worked through together. And last week we did a little bit different. But this week I just want to read this Scripture where this entire series came from. I love it. It's in Luke chapter 14. If you're ready for God's Word, say, I'm ready. So we're in Luke chapter 14. This is what the Bible says. It says in verse uh, 15, it says, Hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, What a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. And Jesus replied with this story. So Jesus is telling the story. This is what he says. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations, a.k.a. there is a party that's going to happen. It's going to take place, and you're going to want to be at it. It's what Jesus is saying. Okay, so invitations were sent out, and when the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. Somebody say, making excuses. Yeah, we're getting rid of those today, all right? One said, I just bought a field. I must go and inspect it. Please excuse me. Tap your neighbor and say, please excuse me. Yeah, please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five pair of oxen, and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I got a honeymoon to go on. I can't go. Come on, somebody, right? Please excuse me. The servant returned and told his master what they had said. And his master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And after the servant has done this, he reported, there is still room for more. And so his master said, okay, go into the country lanes behind the hedges and urge anyone that you find to come so that the house will be full. And I don't know about you, but I just love looking around and seeing that the, the house of God is a full house. And guess what I think about that, though? There's always room for one more. And there's always room for one more to come to Jesus. There's always room for another person to be invited into this house. And so we're going to get rid of some excuses. That's what this whole series has been about. And I just love this idea of what Luke 14 was saying. And I, I want to just challenge us that, again, what we've been talking about is the fact that we show up all the time making excuses. And I just believe that in 2023, let's be done with excuses and let's give God everything that we've got. Let's go all in is what we've been talking about. And so, yeah, today I, I, you get a break from hearing from me, all right? So I, you hear from me probably way too much anyway. And uh, I'll just tell you, uh, just a pastor that is a pastor to me, and uh, I, I'm just going to invite him up here in just a second. But I, I just I look around our church, and we got a young church, right? That's a good thing. we got young, old, we got, we got everywhere in between. But there's a lot of sons and daughters in the house, and I just think that, again, for me, I'm, I'm probably a son. I'm a younger pastor, obviously, and I want to just constantly lean in 
to men and people of faith that have been doing this for a long time before me. And uh, one of those guys that you're going to hear from today is actually one of our overseers here at this church. Uh, helps oversee me, make sure I'm not teaching heresy, make sure I'm leading you very well, loving my family well. But he's a father in the faith to me, just a, an incredible figure in my life. Um, uh, obviously, my, my, my dad being a spiritual dad to me as well, but even Pastor Tony as well. He's been just in my life for many years, uh, just leading and, and encouraging me. Every Sunday morning, you don't know this, but every single Sunday, I get an encouraging text from Pastor Tony where he's encouraging me, praying for you. And I just think it would be honor. Honor is our posture, right? You're already standing on your feet. So why don't we do this? Why don't we put our, get, our hands together and welcome my pastor, Pastor Tony Adams, up to the Purpose Church platform. Come on. Thank you. You can be seated. I will make a stand. Thank you. I call him D-Mac. I don't know what y'all call him. Pastor Dustin, he just D-Mac to me. All right. Just D-Mac. He, he calls me to preach on this, uh, this topic of excuses. He picks one word, one of the words in the English language to confuse all of us. It has two meanings and you can pronounce two different ways. Y'all didn't get that like I did. I'm just going to stop with the jokes. Um, what, what stands in our way? Excuses. You know, he preached Elijah. Was Elijah last week? Was Elijah last week? Isaiah. I was, I was testing you to see if you remember what you, what you preached on. It was Moses the week before that. Moses with a stick. Backwoods kind of guy, and you know, if God can use Moses, He can use you. If God can use Elijah or Isaiah, whoever you want to choose, He can, He can use, He can use you. If He can use me this morning, because I know me, y'all don't know me. I'm telling you, if God can use me. He can use you. But it, it, does, it does help us to look at those areas in our lives where we do come up with excuses. And so I'm going to ask you this morning is what is it in your life that stands in your way? What is your greatest excuse? What is that, what's that one word where um, if I ask you, does God have your yes we say, yes, he has my yes in all of these areas. But what's that area in your life this morning that you know, God knows, he doesn't have your yes. You just haven't been willing yet to, to let that go. You see, life in itself is a pursuit. I like that next to last song is also surrender all, but, but it had that one line in it about, I will pursue God. It, you will be my pursuit. I, I don't remember exactly. I only saw it that one time. So, But you will be my pursuit. And I thought, well, how, how unique because one of, the, you know, one of the key words I'm looking at today, one of, the, one of the things I'm asking is in your life, life is about pursuit. What is your pursuit? You see, there's a connection there because what we pursue 
in life and, 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 and in a pursuit, when, when I say a pursuit, life is a pursuit of value. Right? We're, we're all pursuing some type of value and, and it really connects relationally. Because you see, whatever that is, we have a relationship, we have a draw with that. We have something that says relationally, this, this, this area, these people, or this place, or these things, they all have a value to me, and that is my pursuit. So what I value is what I seek. If you will tell me what your greatest value, or, or if you will tell me what your greatest pursuit is, I will tell you what your greatest excuse is. Mm. Tony doesn't get too close now. <laughs> hey, I had to deal with this for, he asked me, I don't know how long ago he asked me, but I've been, I've been kind of thinking on this for about a couple of weeks. And, and I've been having to deal. See, y'all just dealing with that question this morning. I've been dealing with that question for two weeks. I'm the one you need to be praying for, but I'm going to lay it on y'all this morning because I'm tired of thinking about it. I'm going to make y'all think about it a while. Tell me what your greatest pursuit is. And in relation to Christ, I will tell you what your greatest excuse is. Uh, Philippians tells us that, 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 you know, our surpassing value of our lives is to know Christ. And the reality is what you're going to see this morning is the question we have to ask us is this, is, is, yes, if I relationally, if I'm pursuing that and I understand that the Word of God tells me that the surpassing value of knowing Christ is the greatest value of my life, I've got to ask you this question this morning. Are you willing to walk out of here today and still have that earthly pursuit rank higher in your life to be the excuse that you will not want to experience the surpassing value of knowing Christ? Because you see, the greatest value that I can give you, the greatest value you can find today is the surpassing value of knowing who he is. You will never experience the blessings of God until you live past the excuses you're giving God. I'm telling you, you're, there's, there's things in our lives that we miss out on because we just can't see them. Because in reality, Christ, listen to me, Christ has a relentless pursuit of you. And in turn, Christ is asking you to have a relentless pursuit of him. And the greatest, the, the most fulfilling, the most dynamic thing you can ever experience in your life, and I'll testify to it, is to have a relentless pursuit of God. That is who we need that is there's nothing I have found in this life that is of value that creates a, 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 a valid excuse not to seek after him 
And, you know, he tells us that in Matthew 6. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And I, and I think about that, Pastor, and I think he's telling me if I will seek Christ, all these things, all his things will be added to me. But yet in my life, oftentimes as I go day to day, I'm willing to set aside his all things for my things. Man, and then I miss out. So, in that, I have to ask you, what does, what does your yes look like? And so, I'll have one question today that I will continually ask you over and over. Uh, beyond that question I just said, I don't even think that was up there in my notes. It's, you know, I gave them my notes like two weeks ago. I gave them the notes, then I wrote the sermon. Sorry, Pastor, I, you know, I, week out, I'm saying, oh, let's make this sounds good. I'll put this down. I'll ask you that again, but, it, but tell me your greatest pursuit, and I'll tell you your greatest excuse. Demon Pastor has asked you, you know, what are the conditions and addendums that, that you have in a serving God? Well, I'm asking that same question. He's, you know, he's asking what are the conditions and addendums, but I'm asking you what is your greatest pursuit in hindering you from following after God. So in that, if the value is relational, here's God's question, and here's the question I'm going to continue to ask to you. So this is kind of my point, and I'm going to have some stuff I'm going to talk about underneath it, but this is, the, this is what God is asking you today. So it'll be up there, but you want to write it down. I don't see enough pens and paper out. You're going to write this down. All right, put it on your phone, brother. All right, All right that's, that'll work. I didn't see no pen there, but I want to see some fun. I want to see some backlights come on. I may be around next week. I may stop in the middle of this sermon and come up here and ask you. I get serious about it sometimes. You ready? This is, this is Christ's question to you. Will you pursue me in the process of whatever you are going through, or you can put whatever it is, but will you pursue me in the process of whatever it is you're going through? We're going to look at that today. We're going to look from Mark chapter 8. I'm going to read a passage to you that's in the, in the, in the, in the, in the gospel of Mark. It's a story related to us about a great pursuit of life, it, and it's a question of having Christ in the center of your life. And it, it revolves around Peter, and then it revolves around the disciples, but Peter and Christ. So I'm going to read that passage to you. I'm going to get in verse 27, and I'm going to, I'm going to read kind of an extended uh, part there till about verse 37, so about 10 verses, all right? You can read them on the screen. You can follow along with me, but it says this. Now, Jesus and his disciples went out to the towns of Caesarea Philippi, and on the road he asked his disciples, saying to them, this is a relational question. Who do men say that I am? So they answered, John the Baptist. But some say Elijah. And others, one of the prophets. Matthew mentions Jeremiah. He said to them, same question, different group. But who do you say that I am? And Peter, one of the Christ followers, one of the disciples said, you are the Messiah. Way to go, Peter. 
Then he strictly warned them that they should tell no one about him. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed. And after three days, rise again. And he spoke these words openly. Then Peter, here's our boy. Here he comes. Peter takes Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. Peter, Peter, Peter. My man with the sword. The rock begins to rebuke Jesus. Y'all ever rebuked Jesus before? Don't, don't answer that because I'm going I'm to tell you the answer. Rebuked him, but when he had turned around and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter back, saying, Get behind me, Satan. That is really uplifting, is it not? <laughs> Peter doesn't, Peter, Jesus, and I hadn't thought about that. Jesus doesn't turn Peter's name for Rock Petrus to Satan. <laughs> I'm sorry. That someday, and some days we fit that mold. I'm sorry. Get behind me, Satan, for you are not, underline this, for you are not my, or highlight it, whatever you're doing. Hi, you highlight it, all right? You highlight it. You write it down. You, you underline it. All right. I'm sorry. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. When he called the people to himself with his disciples also, he sent to them, he said to them, whoever desires to come after me, let them deny themselves, take up the cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever desires his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? I want you to underline that last verse there. What will a person give in exchange for their own soul? Because you see, as you think about excuses... Side question I want to just be kind of floating in your head is, are my excuses that I am giving profiting me in the world, but yet in the profit, I'm exchanging my soul? Unique story. Jesus on the road traveling with his disciples here. He begins to, you know, question them about who he is. I mentioned it's a relational question. Then he begins to teach them about the rejection, the suffering, and everything that's going on. And, and, and you can pick it up in, in the story. Does Peter like this? Do, you know, is anything ever God tells you, you know, sometimes and you don't like it? And then, and then you want to you question, you want to kind of, you know, you kind of like the child to the parent. You want to back talk a little bit. Have your children ever backtalk you? You want to get off me, Satan? You know. <laughs> Mama's out there going, oh, this morning. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. Peter.
Peter had an idea of an earthly kingdom. Jesus is coming with an eternal kingdom. And in that, Peter is a little bit, is having a difficult time. And so he's, he's trying to come up with these excuses about rebuking Jesus. Because in his mind, everything that he assumes is going to happen doesn't match up with what Jesus is saying. And so Jesus stops and he says, I'm, you know, let me word it a little bit different. Jesus, or Peter, if you're going to embrace me, you can't embrace this earthly kingdom. Peter, you've got to embrace my eternal kingdom. And so in that, when I ask you that question, that Jesus is asking you, and, and, and the aspect is, are you, willing to, are you willing to pursue him no matter what's going on in your life? You see, that same question is being asked to Peter right now. And so a few things I want you to see about embracing Jesus to overcome those excuses that we have. To overcome that relational value of, of, as we have that same idea as Peter does, is what I have here and now in reality is more important than anything else I have in my life. We do that, don't we? I mean, I do that. You do that. In reality, what we're doing is we're going down a lost road. We're going down a dead end. Because it has no value beyond the attainment of whatever that thing is. So when, what Peter must grasp and what we must grasp is this, is if we're going to follow Christ without excuse, man, this is hard, but we've got to embrace a suffering Savior. We have to embrace his example as a model of our lives. Why is that? Well, it's this way because we have to understand the relational question Christ is asking us. We must understand that our identity, our self that I was telling you about. Did I tell you what the greatest excuse was? I may have missed that. At the very beginning, did I say what your greatest excuse was? I'm sorry. I'll start over. Your, our greatest excuse is a four-letter word. Self. Sorry, I left that out, but kind of applies to where I'm at right now. Because you see, our identity, listen, Christ follow, your identity is in Christ, should be in Christ. If you're lost, your identity is in this world, and your identity is going to end when this world ends, but you have an opportunity today to make your identity in Christ. But in that, we have to embrace a suffering Savior, and he explains that to us in this passage right here, that our identity is in him. It's a matter of excuses versus submission. Peter, being focused on the earthly pursuit of setting up an earthly kingdom, didn't like what Christ was saying. He thought Christ was wrong. <laughs> I just laugh at it, but then I turn around and look at myself, and you know, most of the time I'm trying to tell Jesus, you know, I'm trying to tell God what's yeah, God, you're wrong. Sure thing, Adams. Yeah. You go right ahead. All right. Just call me Peter. He thought Christ was wrong. And he begins to rebuke. He begins to rebuke him. Why? Because Peter was an armored and fixated. On the self. He was fixated on his earthly identity. He didn't have the whole picture. He didn't quite understand. 
and he could see his imagined kingdom slipping away. And you see, we understand that, don't we? We, we comprehend that. We relate to that. You see, it didn't make sense to Peter. Peter was pursuing an earthly kingdom. Christ was pursuing an eternal kingdom and, and, and was asking Peter to pursue it. There's the relational value. There's that word pursue again, to pursue it with him. And for Peter, at the moment, it was overwhelming. For Peter, it was hard to understand. Peter didn't recognize what Christ was trying to tell him. And Peter had more questions than he had answers. And I can relate to Peter. I can relate to his hesitancy. I can relate to his questions. I think his first question would be, you know, wait a minute, Jesus. This just doesn't make sense. Christ is, is leading him to ask him a question. Peter even in suffering, what will your pursuit be? Is it me? Peter, are, are you going to pursue me? Are you going to pursue Christ? Or are you going to pursue yourself? And you see, Christ is asking that, that same question. You see, for us, and especially in America, we are taught to be self-sufficient. And I've, I've really come to realize that, that that really is a good thing, and it's also a bad thing. Because you see, being self-sufficient, when, when, when life doesn't make sense, we have a difficult time of losing our self-sufficiency and following Christ. And even this morning, you're sitting here and you're just hearing this and you know that and there's conviction in that. But yet in our self-sufficiently, we have a hard time of letting go. And so the question we have to ask about excuses is this. Even in your suffering, does God have your yes? Even though you don't understand. Does God have your yes? Or are you making an excuse? You have to embrace a suffering Savior. But you know, you, we also have to, we're going to follow Christ. We have to embrace, and, and this is kind of related to it. We have to embrace Christ and not ourselves. In verse 34, it, it says, Whoever desires to come after me, must uh, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. We read that and we teach that and we, 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 we make it so light. And it, you know, it, but oftentimes in life, it doesn't, life doesn't always make sense. And we, we, you know, is anybody suffering right now for no apparent reason? Come on now. Y'all just be honest with me. Be honest with yourself. You are suffering. You're, you're going through a difficulty and you don't really know why. It could, be, it could be health-wise, it could be financial. Thank y'all for being honest. All seven of us are going to be honest before God this morning and say we're going through something for no, for no apparent reason. You know, when we're rejected, when we're threatened, with, whether we want to admit it or not, what we're doing in that moment if we don't turn to God is we're rebuking him. That's what I mean by you have to embrace Christ and not yourself. 
We ask that question, you know, God, why is this happening? Yeah? You know, do something, God. Just, you know, I'm praying, I'm not hearing it. Do something, God. This isn't fair. That's a good one. I'm going to write that one down. This isn't. Not fair. No, it's not. This is going to get deep for you. You ready? I'm telling you, you got to embrace Christ and not yourself. Here's the reality of it. When I come to God and I question him and I say, God, why is this happening? What I'm really doing to, in front of God is I'm revealing my fear that I can't overcome and I'm unwilling to grasp onto him so that he can allow me to overcome the fear that I have in me. Why is this happening? Well, I'm questioning him. What I'm really saying, and I'm, and, and I'm too afraid to say it out loud to God, is why is this happening? Because I'm doing everything I can, and God, if you would just move out of the way and let me do it the way that I want to, it would all work out. But it's not, and so now I'm afraid something's going to happen that I don't want it to, and I can't see what's happening in the future. And, and God, why is it? It, it reveals our fear. It reveals our lack of embrace of Christ in our lives. You see, excuses come from real deep down. I mean, excuses is, aren't on the surface. Excuses come from way down there. God, why? Why is this happening? Do something, God. Do something. Well, in other words, what I'm saying to God is, God, you need to do something because my need for control is if you don't do something on my timeline, then I'm fixing to do something without you. Y'all control freaks. You need to repent. We can laugh at it because it's true, isn't it? It's like, you know, God, I am a control freak. We need our control. What was the last one I said? It's not fair? Yeah, it's not, it's not fair. God, it ain't fair. Yeah, I say it a lot because my pride gets in the way. My selfish pride. God, it's just not fair. Well, Tony, is it about you? Is it about me? Oh, yeah, God, I forgot. I'm, I'm a child of God. I'm supposed to embrace Christ and not myself. And mm, I just kind of forgot about that for a minute. So, God, you know what? Forgive me because I know you got this. And um, I'm going to let go, God. I'm going to let go of whatever this thing is, this relational thing on this world, this, these people, these places, or these things that I've been desiring. I'm going to realize that those things are okay. Second. Number two. But God, you got to be first. The question is, does, God, does Christ have your embrace? You see, that, that, that's, that's the question. Does God have your yes? That's does he have your yes? And we can tell if he has our, our yes if we're willing to embrace Christ and not ourselves, no matter whatever you're going through. Will you pursue me in the process of whatever it is you're going through? You see, we could do testimony time after this, and I could testify for, you know, beyond my 55 years to say, yes, it is true. I often fail at it, at it but, yes, he will be faithful through whatever it is that you're going through, and just a personal witness is, yes, pursue him. 
no matter what is going through. Embrace a suffering Savior. Embrace Christ over yourself. And then we get to really Peter's question, and we have to, we have to tell ourselves, embrace God's rebuke. Because you see, it's a little bit of a rebuke this morning. Peter's standing before him, and he's saying, Jesus, you're wrong. Oh, okay, Peter. It's unique. I love the story. I, I'm not going to get into it today, but but the, but part of this story is you have you have a closed conversation. You, you, we have a personal conversation, and then Jesus goes over to a to a public conversation, and then he goes to a personal conversation, and then he goes back to a public conversation. And so in it, he's you know Jesus, or I'm sorry, Peter pulls him aside privately. I guess maybe he's smart enough not to rebuke everybody. The reality of it is Peter's the leader, so if he's asking this question, there's 11 other dudes behind him asking the same question. Right? Because we're human, we all flock together. So somebody will say something good, and yeah, I like that, I'm going to follow after him. So the other 11, you know, the other 11 are cowards because they're standing back going, yeah, go on, Peter, ask him, man. Ask him. What's he say? Let's get to it. Verse 33, he rebuked Peter saying, get behind me, Satan, for you are mindful of the thing, I'm sorry, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Remember that he was in armor, he was fixating. We hear these words for the same reader Peter heard this week. Because we are in armor. We're fixated. Our eyes get upon. You know, the same, the simplest illustration, and, and actually I just experienced this with somebody uh, this week. But um, so they, they, uh, they had a, a slight medical issue with their eyes. And the optometrist, help me out there. Optometrist, you know, scares them and says, oh, I see something going on here, and you need to go to the hospital and get a CAT scan, and you need to go do it now, you know. And so fear grips them, right? And I, I know what they did. Took them, took them 45 minutes to get from that optometrist to the hospital, and they Googling the whole way. Before they get there, they done convinced themselves that they got a brain tumor, they're going to die before the next day. Right? That, that's what I mean. See, it happens to us in so many ways. But we get fixated on, but Pastor, Pastor doesn't use the word, we get fixated on the circumstances of life. And in turn, begin to make excuses. Oh, God, I will, I'll follow you when I get through. I'll serve you when I... I'll, I'll, I'll be generous when I'll help when I, and we don't recognize it because in the midst of what we're going through, we've stopped listening to God and begin to listen to ourselves. And the reason we are is because the greatest excuse that we have is self. And in and through that, we are experiencing God's rebuke. So instead of turning 
well, instead of turning to God, we're turning from him, and we're trying to save ourselves, yet in our actions, we're losing the life that only he can provide. So we have to ask ourselves a simple question that Christ is asking us. Will you pursue me in the process of whatever you are going through? Can Tony, can you get past your self-centered view of life? Can 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 Tony, can you, uh, you Tony, can you get beyond focusing on the earthly pursuits and put your mind on the eternal pursuits? Tony, do you have do you have an earthly worldview or do you have a do you have a biblical worldview? He's asking us those questions. And these words come to mind as we as we hear Christ say this, verse thirty six. For what will profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? You tell me what your greatest pursuit is, and I'll tell you what your greatest excuse is. So my question to you this morning is how do you respond to God in your life? Who or what will you pursue? And you see, when I ask that, I'm asking you too. You not in those. It's not in those. Easy, oh, it's easy this morning, right? We're sitting in a safe place. You know, it's all good. We got to worship God. You know, you got to laugh just a little bit at the fat guy up there. Well, you know, that's that's all simple. But when God doesn't make sense, what are you going to do? When circumstances are overwhelming, when, when the Bible is too hard to understand, when you don't recognize God's work in your life or whatever it is you're going through, when, when, when life is a fog, when you have more questions than answers, that's what I'm asking. You see, you got to answer. You, th- this is one of those questions is you have to know the answer. You have to make up your mind before you get into the situation that you're fixing to get into. You have to answer the question, will you pursue me in the process of whatever it is that you're going through? I often tell people this, and no offense, you've been, you know, for, for if you've been divorced and it hasn't worked out, but listen, in, in marriage, I used to tell young people this is listen, if you will make up your mind right now that divorce is not an option, then it won't be an option. Now, I understand that sometimes things happen, but but in our mind, you see, when you decide, there's a better way to do it. I don't know why I use that excuse. When you decide that you're going to follow Christ no matter what and nothing else is an option, no matter what it is that you face, no matter the circumstances, no matter the situation, no matter what comes along, you're still going to face those. You have to pursue after that, but in the reality of it is, in the back, you know that in what you're going through, that nothing is going to stand in your way of pursuing Christ in the process of whatever it is that you're going through. And so you have to ask yourself this morning, you've got to ask yourself right now, how are you going to respond to life when it's not going your way, how will you respond to life? It's not about the excuses. It's not about the circumstances. It's about your relationship to Christ. 
as you read verses 34 through really 38, what it's really about, here's the key word I hadn't even mentioned, but here's the key word, it's called surrender. Are you ready and willing to surrender to your life to Christ today? You see, that's the eternal question, and it's an eternal question that, I'm at, that I ask about you accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. It's an eternal question. It's a question of surrender. But after that, listen, too many churches for too long in, in American uh, Christianity, we have not pressed the issue that it's not making a decision on one day and then going back to the, your life the way that it used to be before that. It's about a 100% pursuit of your life to surrender to Christ and pursue to Him from that moment through the rest of your life and into eternity. Are you willing to pursue Christ in the midst of whatever it is that you're going through? You see, that's the question. Because when you decide that, the, the excuses begin to dwindle. The excuses become different. It's not the shallow, humanistic, societal excuses that we have and that we see so many. Because you see, I told you a while ago, you tell me what, what you're pursuing in life, and I can tell you what your excuse is. And some of them are really, really shallow. But the deeper you get with Christ and the more you surrender your life to him, the less of those shallow things that will be there and the greater experience of life and joy and happiness and peace will occur in your life because you're depending upon him and not yourself. You want to word it a different way, it's kind of funny, but y'all a bunch of losers. And I'm right there with you. But yet we continually like to play this loser game. In reality, we've got the winner right there. Now, I just want to point this out to you. I'm negative three minutes. I don't know if that's supposed to mean anything to me. <laughs> but best I can figure, the man sitting on the front row took ten of my minutes. <laughs> and I'm going to take my ten minutes back. I don't have this verse up there, but I want, to, I want to show you this because I want you to see the end result, all right? I want you to see the end result. Peter has been rebuked, all right? I want to show you a few chapters over in the New Testament. The dude named Peter, the same one that got rebuked through his walk in life and through his understanding of who Christ was and the relation that he had with him and, and the whole process of pursuing Christ in the midst of everything that he was going through. And, and, and for that to really come out, you kind of have to kind of understand the Bible a little bit and all that Peter. So just go to the book of Acts and then read it. Probably actually just finish Mark, the gospel of Mark. Then go to Acts and then go to 1 Peter. And look in verse 4. And this is what Peter said about pursuit. He said this in verse 1. And sorry, I didn't give this to them. I, I just thought of it. Therefore, since Christ suffered in, in the flesh... Arm yourselves also with the same resolve. In other words, embrace him. Because the one who suffered in the flesh has finished with sin. In order to live the remaining time in the flesh, no longer for human desires, but for God's will. For there has already been enough time spent in doing the will of the pagans, Carry on in an unrestrained behavior. What he's saying? Same thing I'm saying to you this morning. Will you pursue Christ in the midst of whatever it is that you're going 
through. Will you allow God to use you? I told the group this morning, and here I said, it, it, God is saying to each and every one of us, and we need to say to him, God, if you can use anything, use me. Use my hands, use my feet, take my heart, and use me. And so that's our question. No more excuses. In the pursuit of life, you can't pursue multiple things. Now I will say it again too. A lot of the things that we pursue in life, they're good. We need to pursue those things. But my response to you, my question to you today is nothing in this life can have pursuit over who Jesus Christ is in our life. He's always got to be number one. And oftentimes I've done that same thing. I get things in the way. I get things in number one instead of him. But he has to be number one. God's purpose is to save us and to save you by offering you an, an intimate relationship with him. We call it intimate relationships. It starts off as salvation. He wants, you to, he wants you to respond to him as a trusting child, relying on him to satisfy the deepest needs and the deepest hunger of your heart. And when we come after him and, and we pursue him, he, he, he used the, 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 the prophet Jeremiah and he says, told him and he's telling us listen I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord and, and plans to, to prosper you and to, to not harm you plans to give you hope and a future but all of those come secondary to our pursuit of him and that intimate relationship that we can have with him and you see what stands in our way and what stands in every person's way here this morning is, is sin we've chosen sin over him. And Paul told us in Romans, he says, you know, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And he tells us the wages of sin is death. I mean, it's very clear. But you see, Jesus Christ is our provision. God's provision is Christ and Christ alone. God the son who came to this earth with a purpose of dying on the cross to pay the penalty of my sin and pay the penalty of your sin. Jesus, the Savior, died for you because he loves you. There's no excuse that you can give that Christ would turn you away. No matter what it is that you feel is standing in the way, Christ is going to wash it to the side because he was already washed it with his blood. He doesn't want anything to ever separate you from all eternity, from his love and how he loves you. For God so loved the world. Jesus so loved you that he died for you. That whoever believes in him, they won't perish but they'll have eternal life. 
So your part today is that ending word that I had. My part, your part is this, is that we have to surrender to him. Surrender your will to God's will so that you can receive his best for you. Do you understand? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is God the Son and rely on him alone as your personal Lord and Savior? Giving him control of your life. Because you see, that's what surrender means. Are you willing to pursue me in the process of whatever it is that you're going through? Would you bow your heads with me today? If you're here this morning and you've never accepted Christ, let, let me give you a prayer that you can say this morning. If you're serious about accepting me as your personal Savior, just say, Lord God, I want a relationship with you. And I admit that I've sinned. And I admit that I've gone my own way instead of your way. Please forgive me. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross to pay the penalty of my sins. Come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. I surrender my will to your will. Take control of my life and make me the person you created me to be. Pastor Dustin's going to come, and I'm going to let him lead. But for the rest of us, we have to ask ourselves that same question this morning in this form is this. Are you ready to surrender it all? Are you ready to pursue Christ in the midst of whatever it is that you're going through? God bless you. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.